constantly um, really, really always trying to reinvent myself or reinvent the company. Mm-hmm. Um, focusing on the areas that keep more money and then also trying to find services or ways to be innovative that keeps us on the edge. So make sure that at every single time you're thinking about us, it's every time you're thinking about anything innovative in Africa and the DC region, I Spaces comes to mind. You're listening to Stuck in the Middle podcast, a platform for entrepreneurs, innovators, and creatives of African descent. Hear stories, ideas, experiences, and advice on breaking barriers. This episode is brought to you by our online store. Visit sitmpodcast.com and shop Stuck in the Middle merch. We've also partnered with Perfect Office Solutions to bring you affordable, professional, and flexible private office spaces in seven locations in the DMV. Use promo code SITMPODCAST to get 10% off your monthly lease. If you're looking for office space, hit up Perfect Office Solutions. Tell them Stuck in the Middle sent you and save some money on some perfect office space. Um, I'm excited for this podcast today, man. I got a special guest in the building. It has been a long time coming. Um, my guest today is the co-founder of IO Spaces, a co-founding... Um, a co-working space located here in the DMV area in Silver Spring, Maryland. He is an innovative person, um, and he is uh, a mentor to many. Listen, I got a, I got a genius in the building. I got Leslie Tita in the building. I don't know if I've done justice to introduce you, but welcome, bro. This has been a long time coming, man. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Reflex. It's definitely been... Well, two years now we've been talking about yeah. this. So I am, I'm, I'm excited to be here today. When AK hit me up a couple of weeks ago, he was like, yo, Leslie is pulling up. At first, you know, we, you were supposed to come tomorrow, and then, you know, we, we had to push it today because you got some big happening tomorrow. But I want to start here, right? Uh, I found an article dating back to 2014 titled Some Thoughts on Iowa Spaces Co-working that outlined this idea of what you have today as Iowa Spaces and which Rebecca, um, your, your, co- your co-founder, eventually signed up on. Mm-hmm. Why did you think that that was needed and how did you test that idea that we now know as Iowa Spaces? So uh, I think at the very basis, Iowa Spaces goes way back and goes way back to like 2011 um, when I started my very first company at the time. Uh, it was a online platform to help um, connect both universities and students together back in Africa. Mm. Um, and it was pretty cool. Like I, I, I worked with um, some really cool individuals, uh, Lawrence Nara, um, Quincy Quinde, uh, William Tako, and um, a deceased friend of mine, um, I forgot his name. It's bad. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, and we we started this platform to really just help connect universities mm-hmm. and and students. And so the challenge we had while we started that was there was no space to go to to connect with other entrepreneurs because I, I mean as as a founder, as a co-founder, one of the biggest things, mm-hmm. one of the biggest challenges you have is connecting with other people who are like-minded or going to a place or or meeting with other people who are like-minded. So at the time, all we had was just the internet, right? Um, So fast forward four years later when I moved to the DMV. And by the way, that company failed. So, you know, it was was a huge failure. Yeah, that was Um, in Cameroon. It was here. It was here. So I was was in college in in Columbus, Ohio Mm -hmm. when I started that company. And I actually dropped out to do the company full-time. Wow. The whole whole, 
entrepreneur dream, right? Mm-hmm. Drop out of college and, <laughs> and do this thing full time. Your parents and, saying you screw drivers. I say I'm going. I'm going to yeah, start a yeah, yeah. My, my mom was not. She was not fan of that. She was yeah. not. She was like, you need to go back. Yeah. Um, but that's what I wanted to do. And so, Ayo Spaces was born out of the the need to to find a space to help facilitate the growth of other entrepreneurs mm-hmm. um, in the area. And um, so that's kind of like how the idea the idea got started. What exactly is Ayo Spaces? You know, like what we what we know today. Uh, you know, it's a co-working space. We know that, but what exactly is Ayo Spaces? For somebody who might you know otherwise not be familiar. So Ayo Spaces is an innovation space. Uh, Ayo Spaces provides um, a variety of services. The very first one is workspace. So companies, um, individuals that need a collaborative space mm-hmm. um, to come, just network, get work done. Um, we provide that. So. Unlike traditional office space where you rent an office um, and you pay X amount of dollars a month to get access to that office, with our with ours you you pay a membership fee mm-hmm. and you have access to a different level of, of varieties of services um, and where office space is just one of them, right? So you have that, you have business services, um, you have programming for entrepreneurs that that help them grow, um, you have events. I know, I know I'll be talking a little bit about something we have coming up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So as an entrepreneur, once you enter into the IO Spaces field, you pretty much get every service that you need to grow as a business, as an, as an individual as well. Um, so IO starts for input-output. Mm. So it's, it's you put it. I never knew it. Yeah. <laughs> so one and zero. Um, the binary number of every um, memory in the computer. So one, zero, input-output. Um, the idea is you bring in, you take out, Mm-hmm. Or you take out and you bring in, and that's kind of that's how, that has been the concept of of the ISP service. So 20, 2011, you start this co-working thing with your friends. Twenty fourteen. Twenty. Well, you, the one which failed. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Pause. Twenty eleven. So it failed. Why did you venture to go back in that same field and say I'm gonna do it again, another co-working space? Like, so the so the the very first one was not a co-working space. It was an online platform. Mm-hmm. It was like Blackboard. Gotcha, gotcha. So the very soon we have Blackboard out there. So it was it was a Blackboard type of software online mm-hmm. to help universities grow. Um, I think with that one, one of the things we missed was universities in Africa do not necessarily have a budget for. Uh, I mean, they have budgets for IT services, but they don't necessarily have a budget for that type of, of service. So mm-hmm. we're building something without verifying whether our our customers were ready to pay for it. Mm. And so it was an interesting service. All the students loved it. The professors loved it. But we faced a couple of issues. One, universities were not ready to pay for it. Two, um, professors looked at it as a way of cutting the way they make money. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times they would, build, they would print out these manuals and then they would sell each one to each student for a fee. And what our, what our platform did was make all of that digitized online. And so there was no need to, to have to you know, we're kind of like not, I mean, they saw it as a way of taking away revenue from them, but we actually saw it as a way of, now you can only not sell this manual to your students in this specific university, but to universities across the world. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, so why we got back, again, we, as an entrepreneur, you, you try things, sometimes you fail. Yeah. Um, fail is inev- inevitable, but I took one year, you know, one year sabbatical to just rethink exactly mm. what I wanted to do. Who is, you know, saying like Leslie for, you know, people who might be unfamiliar or even people who know who Leslie is, you know, it's always good to like get to know you, connect with you on a different level. Who is Leslie? If you, if you were to put it in words. 
Um, uh, Leslie is a, a Cameroonian um, born uh, from Bagante. My mom is from Bagante. Um, hi, mom, if you're watching this. I don't think she is watching this. <laughs> but shout out to her. Um, uh, my dad is from Bali, mm-hmm. um, lives in Boston. Um, Leslie is a designer by trade. Uh, um, I went to school for design, um, interacting with the design for for what that's kind of what I learned. Um, uh, I love basketball, played basketball all my life in in high school. Um, went to Sacred Heart. Um, shout out to all the chefs and sultans. <laughs> if, if you're watching this, and I know there's a lot of haters out there, but shout out to all the chefs and out there. Yeah, the toughest clique out here, man. I can't even hate on it. I can't even hate on the sessions clique, man. I try, but nah. <laughs> um, and um, so yeah, it's 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 yeah. So that's I would say yeah. Um, big fan of everything to do with with innovation. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always constantly thinking about ways to make simple things just more enjoyable with the idea you know so i'm always i've I've always been curious with the idea of uh uh perfect of not perfect uh io spaces and you know the will to start it where did you go from there you had everything on paper you said man i'm diving back into this industry where did you go from there where did I go from from the idea stage to actually making it happen? Making it happen, yeah. Um, so I used to work for an individual who owned a a, a property in downtown Silver Spring, mm-hmm. and he would not. Um, he literally just wanted to rent out the space, right, um, to different people. And so I, the idea I, I proposed to him was like, hey you could do this in a way that you make more money than just what you do. And the idea would be to just, you know, instead of giving it as a basic space, how about you do some renovations? How about you do some additions to the space? Um, there's this trend coming up that's called co-working. You could create something like that where they would pay you a fee and have access to all these amenities, mm. right? So he was like, all right, I'm interested. Let me know what it would entail. So I go ahead and I create this whole business plan um brand uh brand identity um the whole nine and tell him hey this this is it um all i want from you is just give me like 20 percent of i just want 20 percent of the of the the, the business Mm -hmm. because he was spending and he's gonna put in the space he's gonna put in equity and money to start it and so he took it looked at it and um funny enough i used to work for him as a system engineer so he would he took the idea and actually try to do it by himself (laughs) what yeah man yeah and when that didn't work he came back to me and said okay how about this i'll give you the space he came back to you yeah and said (laughs) i'll give you the space at a smaller fee and um just pay me the the rent and you can do what you want to do with it so at that point i had to like get investors to to help pay for what i would i would have to pay as themselves because rent is one equation but they have everything else to build out um furniture services software all of that that mm-hmm. would have to be that would have to be paid for um so at that point i reached out to my closest one of my closest business partners um rebecca and said mm-hmm. hey this is the idea um i think it's a, it's a huge just a big need um it's a growing need we're having because silver spring at the time this is like four years ago mm-hmm. it's not what it is now right i mean it's, it was getting there right and i'm like this silver downtown silver spring is about to become the space for immigrants and africans mm-hmm whether they're partying, they're leaving, or they're doing business, this is the place we have to be. So we bet it now, we would, we would be in a better position to 
capitalize on the oscillator. So she jumped on board, um, and together we we made it happen. What was the importance of having a, a co a co founder or you know collaborating in that sense? Could you do have done it yourself? And what does Rebecca bring to this that otherwise you couldn't have been able um, to? She she brings a level of of um, feedback that I wouldn't necessarily get from somebody else. So the the challenge with with a lot of business owners is that they're very crazy in their minds, and so you have these dreams of creating um, this huge I don't know company, mm-hmm. and in reality, is like all of it is steps, right? right. And so when you have um, a co-founder who has done this multiple times or who has done it in a way. Um, they can give you feedback on some of those plans that you don't need. Um, and they're like, hey, this is good, but we don't have the money to do this. Whereas in your mind is, we can do this anyway. Um, so your co-founder kind of like wants to bring some expertise that you do not necessarily have. So if you're a good business person, you probably want to bring in a creative. If you're a good accountant, you probably want to bring in a good designer. Mm-hmm. Um, and Probably so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you kind of like want to complement each other. Mm-hmm. If you are the person who in your mind you dream, you want to bring in somebody who is like a realist and they're like, okay, your dreams are good, but we don't have this in the bank account to make this happen. Right. So that is kind of what a co-founder brings. What what, ex- what exact services, you know, because we you know it's known as a co-working space. What exact services does Iris Spaces offer? Um, we, I, would, I was summing into a, a group of three. So the very first one is a, a, a workspace. So workspace for people to get work done. So um, we provide services from 12-day access to the space. So it, it, so the space we're in right now is a 3-4 building. Mm-hmm. And um, people can, uh, our members can come in there and work. Essentially, they can grab any desk. Like pretty much like a cool coffee shop. Right, you're not closed into a, you're not necessarily enclosed into a, a private space. You have um, an open space concept to what what we ha- we call it as the loft to get work done in any desk you want. Um, so that's one we provide co-working um, desks. Uh, the second one is conference rooms. So you want to meet with a client, you're trying to meet with someone, you want to have a meeting, you can book one of our conference rooms mm-hmm. to to have that meeting. Um, the third is virtual mail. So same thing, you want to get mail for your business, you want to have a location, a prime location, because we're right on Georgia Avenue, and so that's a that's really a prime address for business. So right. that's a service that people want to have, and also people want to receive mail, not in their home, but in a, in a business address. Right. That's something that we provide. And then our, we also provide event space, which is one of the biggest things that we also do as well. So we have, because we have a lot of different spaces out throughout the building, um, clients and members are able to book the spaces to do private events in the space i would personally say you are you are killing it as an entrepreneur out here <laughs> <laughs> like you know like you are you are i would looking from outside hey, you are successful like how how are you able to you know do it does it ever get hard does it get frustrating how how do you manage those times um <laughs> so um you don't and you just have maybe one or two staff mm-hmm. like your biggest bill is maybe your web service or your web or your server Right. Um, if you are a a physical company and you have, say, you are your restaurant, right? Every single month you have to pay people, um, whether you make money or not, right? So, in our case, the biggest challenge is making sure that whether you make money or not, every single month you're due a certain amount of of, of expenses you have to cover. Um, certain months are much easier than others because there are a lot of events happening, um, but the hardest times is is when you sit down you, you tell yourself all right 
I'm making this amount of money now. How do I go from making uh, X amount to 10 times that? Because um, my one of my biggest worries is, and this is something that happens in the DMV. You see someone who's really successful, that looks successful, right? Mm-hmm. And they're doing really well. And everyone is like, it could be a promoter, it could be a business owner, and they're doing well. And then in the next five years, they're, they, they start going down. Yeah. And it's because they get comfortable. I, that's my impression and I, I that's that scares me it keeps me awake because I'm like I don't want to get comfortable I don't want to get to that stage where they're like okay you, you think you got it and then you start missing out on those little opportunities that made you mm-hmm. who you are so constantly I'm really really always trying to reinvent myself or reinvent the company mm-hmm. um, focusing on the areas that give more money and then also trying to find services or ways to be innovative that keeps us on the edge so make sure that at every single time you're thinking about us it's every time you're thinking about anything innovative in africa in the dc region i spaces comes to mind speaking of uh african and innovative and you know being being um reinventing uh how how much percent of your membership actually comes from advertisement and how much comes from like referrals and, and things like that so you we say? haven't advertised it's funny enough we haven't advertised in um <laughs> We haven't advertised in when what November October. Uh, Oct- this was October yes, yeah. yeah October. So we, we moved into this new location last year in this the same time. Mm-hmm. It's been one year since we moved into a new location, and we moved into a new location, and we have not we have not run any advertising campaign. And I think about it, we haven't done any like Facebook advertising and say, hey, this is a new location, come. Like we mm-hmm. don't actively do that um, because we're we for the past three years that we've been around um it was constantly advertising and i look i look at advertising a little differently um there is the obvious advertising facebook advertising social media the way we do advertising is a little different we Mm -hmm. do events and by doing events we bring in um people that are most likely to become our next client Right, versus blasting out to 100 million people online, hoping that one person clicks your ad and gives you information. Right. We put an event, put the same amount as an event, um, and people visit the space, they experience the space firsthand, and next thing you know, they are hitting you and say, hey, I was at this event, I want to do my own event. Mm-hmm. Or I came to visit a member and want to do my own member. Um, so yeah, so traditionally, our biggest clients are from word of mouth. Um, people just that come to the space, check it out. Um, Two, well, no, no. Our biggest clients are from SEO. People searching for co-working space or event space in downtown Silver Spring. We are ranked first. We're probably top. We are we're probably the top first when mm-hmm. it comes to like event space and co-working space in downtown Silver Spring. We are like number mm-hmm. one. It's remarkable. I think that um, I, I think I also saw this on your website that sixty percent are females. Uh, I just read some recently on Forbes that um, the fastest growing. Uh, demographic of entrepreneurs is black females How, why do you think the trend is leaning that way as far as like entrepreneurs being females black females african females specifically so i, I may be definitely be the wrong person to ask like <laughs> i mean you ain't a rag you meet them you know a lot i i know i know but it's, it's one of those things where um what i what i've seen is uh the very i think it's the very same um issue i, I raised early on um, you're having more and more black women um, say they're tired of whatever they're in the situation they're, they're in. Mm-hmm. So they're doing well, and they're like, okay, I want to do something new. Um, 
black women are more willing to take risk than from what I've seen than your average black man. Mm. Um, so when I look at all the events we have done, mm-hmm. like the high paid events, the high paid, the you would take me s- averagely say six days, six to fourteen days to convince a client that's a male to join or buy a service. Um, with the the women, they're more willing to come look at it and make a decision yes or no much quickly. Um, they take risk and they go for it. Um, two, the, there's been a leveling field in terms of like access, right? Um, predominantly in the past, a lot more men, because of the system that existed, had access to all these different things. Now the internet has made it in a way where it's a leveling field. Anyone mm-hmm. um, can have access to to this information, can have access to starting a business. But we're still black women are still very 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 far back in terms of like raising capital and i do believe the number is one percent of venture capital in the u.s goes to black women Mm. so yes they are growing but i I want to see black women raising 15 20 million dollars in funding for their companies um we want to start seeing that more and more we want to see black women um going ipo right Mm -hmm. raising money leading a 5,000 person company going up here raising billions of dollars and I do believe the way the trend is going we're going to get there um, it's still very slow because of you know institutional funds but it's it's a really it's really great to see what's what's happening mm-hmm. uh, I said in the beginning that you know this has been a long time coming you mm-hmm. sitting here we got a lot of time I know we've been talking a lot about <laughs> IO spaces and we got some interesting stuff to get into but you know um I want I want to keep I want to you know keep honing in on this uh this 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 business I spaces and entrepreneurship and this is a question I've always been wanting to 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 get your input on what do you think is the biggest issue that startups face especially African entrepreneurs in the in the diaspora hmm. the biggest biggest issue or biggest issues biggest issue or issues biggest issues that I would like for example issues. you mentioned women having uh, not not being able to raise enough money and go IPO um, access uh, well a couple of things and I think the trends affects um, more black companies than any other um, access to capital is, is a huge one mm. access to small capital there's no there's no to access to capital because you think access to capital is a million dollars um, we started IO spaces with with um, 15 15,000. And I know people will get married for $15,000 or $20,000. dollars <laughs> $20,000 wedding in DMV. In DMV that's, like, a, that's nothing. No, the, I saw just saw one two weeks ago. Shout out to the Assums. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was like, is this But $15,000 got us started. Mm-hmm. We were able to um, find a dope space, um, pay for it, and, and get things going. Um, to access the capital is a real issue. So if I didn't have access to capital, I wouldn't be able to start my company. Mm. That's one. Two, access to um, talent. Um, a lot of black companies, a lot of, well, a lot of founders have a hard time looking finding a co-founder. Or finding a co-founder is going to be there, right? Mm. Who's going to be there, who's going to understanding how they work, who's going to be present for them, who's going to just let them do what they have to do. Or in the reverse, play give feedback when you need to. So a lot of, mm-hmm. you see a lot of companies, it's a one person show and mm-hmm. a lot of investors, they don't hate, like that. Yeah. yeah. Investing in a one person show because it shows that you're not able to bring people together, which is not necessarily true. It's just that the pool of 
um, entrepreneurs is not that huge as well. I mean, uh, Africans or African Americans in the U.S. were 11% of us. It's like we're with a lot, but it's hard to find um, talent or find other people who are willing to come along the line, the ride with you. Everybody is trying to start your own thing. There's no, nothing wrong with it, but you end up looking at a pool of generalists versus a generalist and a specialist. Um, so, two finding talent would be definitely be a, a huge one. Um, three would be I think uh, more better now, but socially and culturally, a lot of families are very risk adverse. So even if you want to start your company with your family or your or your, or your mother, or your father, or your or your girlfriend or whoever you're with, is reminding you that they don't see you paying for that twenty thousand dollars with your job or with your new company, that could be a huge deterrent. Um, so a lot of times people have ideas, they want to get into business, but socially or culturally, or the, the support system you have does not favor that kind of um, mm -hmm. growth. Um, and also for real reasons, like we don't have the kind of residual income or generational wealth that other communities have. So if when you're starting a business, your dad will not tell you, hey, this is $20,000 to go start a business. Nah, <laughs> he's telling you, go to school, be a yeah. doctor, be a lawyer. They'll rather, they'll rather, you know, they'll rather do that. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same thing, I don't think um, education or formal education is for everybody. Mm -hmm. At the same way, entrepreneurship is not for everybody. Right. But I think we have to be, as a, as a society, as a community, we have to be supportive of, of every of everyone's choice. Yeah, you, you said um, that people use diversity in tech as a buzzword. But in higher spaces, uh, it's actually a thing. In what capacity? You so when you walk into higher spaces on a regular on a regular basis, you will meet all races represented. Mm. Only just this is not even without trying. So from Latinos to to black people to to white people to um, do we have any Asians in the house? Hmm, I think we do. We've had um, to African Americans mm -hmm. um, to. We've, we have a good representation of, of different communities within the space. And I think the reason that is, is we, we don't try too hard to push for, we don't have like token people in certain places. I think we created a co the company as a welcoming place for everyone. Um, so you walk in regardless of where you come from, regardless of your background, you feel welcome. Whether you're white or you're black or you're Asian, like you feel welcome in the space. And so, that energy translates into having more and more people in the space. Um, that being said, diversity is, is a buzzword that a lot of corporates use, but in reality, when you look at the boards, for example, you look at the board of, um, a good example was was WeWork, right? Mm -hmm, up, yeah. up until two, three weeks ago, all the board, the board members were white male um, in the space. And people like, not even a not even a, no representation. white women or yeah even um or black the thing about diversity and the reason diversity matters is that it lets you start it lets you think different than what you typically are if you have a group of men just think about it a group of african men deciding the fate of a product we have a we have a way of thinking that's how we grew up but now unfortunately your product is used by not only african men but by African women and not African women. Like, so it's very important in the design process, you have people in that space that are part of the design process. Right, right. Same thing goes to board of companies. If the board is only male, white male, they make a lot of decisions, um, which is unconscious by us, mm -hmm. towards that, towards that, um, that side. So it's really important to have a very broad, diverse board because you bring in new ideas that 
you wouldn't have thought of, thought about if you didn't have that person in that space. Yeah. Speaking of um, diversity and growth, uh, you mentioned earlier uh, something that Iospace has got into now and is killing it, which is event organization. <laughs> uh, <laughs> from uh, uh, you know, made in uh, made in Africa experience to coming to America festival to made in Cameroon music festival. <laughs> I want to start with Made in Cameroon Music Festival. Uh, <laughs> she's, she's like, I'm sitting up for this one. I want to start with Made in Cameroon Music Festival before we get into the other ones, which okay. was, I think, believe, tw- 2017 or 2018? 2018. Well, yeah. 2019, right? Yeah, last year. Made in Cameroon Music Festival. First, yeah. what, what? let's start with the good before we get into the, the not so good. Yeah. What went right in that, in that event, in your view? Made in Cameroon Music Festival. All the performance, all the the, the the main acts came through. They they performed. They had a good time. The feedback from the audience and the people who came to that to that event, where everyone was like, "Look, I I think I read one online that said," um, she said, "Typically, when I go for Cameroonian events, it it always huge promises but under delivers. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I, ever since I've been in the U.S., I go to an event and I'm proud to be Cameroonian. And I'm, I read, I was like. Whoa. Um, for the artists to perform, I mean, that was the first time we've had that many acts Cameroonian wise in the same space in history. Never, never been done before. Mm-hmm. We've had one or two acts here and there. Um, the first place that the venue is not a basketball court. Right. right in Takama Park. <laughs> yeah. Um, the first time or where. A club or. Yeah. Right, the first time where the, the branding and, and everything was in line with, with what we see on other communities. And so it, it's really like, look, we've been in this country for a long time. We, we want, it's just fair that we get something that's on par with the other concerts we go to. Um, and it was a great time. It was, it, was, it, was, it was amazing to see the performances. It was amazing to see the, the opening acts perform. It was amazing to see... Um, the, the reaction of the audience, like being there and watching this, like people that most of them ne- have never seen, mm-hmm. like because they're one year and they've all listened to their music, right? And they had the opportunity to see them live, performing the tracks live. It was it was just a, a beautiful event. We had uh, local, uh, not locals, Mr. Leo in the building, Stanley and Omagasco and Minx. How little birdie told me we that had you, you. <laughs> with me, uh, Kimbo Detox, uh, Mr. Banks, Maniac. Maniac. A bunch of acts in the building. Yeah. I have fun. Yeah. Uh, a little birdie, though, told me that you came into that project, like, in the later parts of it, at the actual date of the event. How did you get involved with that project? Because you weren't, you weren't like, on the board, per se, from, from the jump. So... And you actually, from what I would say, saved the event. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so, the, the event was, was, was being... The, the, the idea, from what I know... Um, was done by um, a lady called Ibanga Jang. Mm-hmm. So Ibanga um, was the, the, the visionary behind the Made in Africa, Made in Cameroon, Cameroon yeah. um, uh, festival. And so um, we got connected three weeks to the event by an individual called Judas. Mm-hmm. So Judas says, hey, I want to connect you with somebody who's doing something in the, in the, in the, Cameroonian, in the Cameroonian space. Um, I think you guys can connect, right? And before that, we had connected. We had just done a, a press conference for Malox. So Malox was doing a show here. Mm-hmm. And we hosted him in IO Spaces. And um, 
through that we're like hey let's meet i met with the banger and i told the banger hey this is what we do we can help you um we can help you with a level of marketing like would help with marketing press conference just like the 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 marketing giving it a, an audience yeah. in this region um and she was like all right sure what would you what would you take i'm like at the time we didn't even ask for money it was a contract to just do a pre- to help host press the artist it, yeah. um and uh, uh market the event we didn't ask for I, I wasn't because iospace was not we, at the time we didn't do events we don't do events mm-hmm. we're, we're innovation space um and i was about to go for a serious ride so this is three weeks to the event yeah. well four weeks to the event and so um for the next week we do a whole rebranding of the whole thing right so we go we do the whole we change everything flyers, flyers everything. visuals the website we create a website we do like the whole nine um for get, free yeah the cost of it came down to twenty thousand dollars the so, whole event no no that's that's just the marketing yeah yeah wow marketing so being on the website um bringing on board um different marketing partners we brought voice of america we brought in bt um we brought in um different media channels to come cover the event um we hired a production crew to co- to produce the event um this was for marketing time but this was really mm-hmm. for us um and one week after we're like okay hey we've done all these things what's the status of this we need drops from the artists to be able to do more marketing right. and at that time um uh, Ibanga like tells us like like let's say I'm about to cancel this thing she's <laughs> like yeah she's like I'm about to cancel the meeting made in Cameroon and I'm like wait 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 wait, wait. I put my I put my company name on this thing what do you mean about a cancel like what is actually going on and she very honestly said in a way and this is a huge thing with events it's like it costs a lot of money to put together right events. and for an event like that her budget was like forty thousand dollars um which she had to pay so from flight ticket flights to um ticket um, um, to artist artist to the space lodging. to lodging to food to transportation for seven days 40 grand for 10 people and their crew and this is on the low end and she's like, I want to cancel this thing. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I, I know how to fail, <laughs> but I don't plan to fail this time. And so I tell her to give me like, uh, give me some time to think about exactly how we would shut it down because this is going to cancel again. This is our idea. This is not our idea. So this is week three. So three weeks to the event, mm-hmm. we're ready to, she was ready to cancel it. Um, I said, okay, just give me one minute. I'm going to go speak to a couple of friends and see how, because I really engage everybody. Mm-hmm. And so I go and I speak to um, Lean, Frank, Lionel, TP, I don't need to call the names because all of them made this thing happen. Claude, um, Brice, um, a bunch of people who were involved in African in Cameroonian community and say, all right, this is the plan, this is what's happening. This lady wants to cancel because unfortunately she wasn't able to raise the $40,000 that we're supposed to go into building this thing. You guys understand that if we have to do this thing, it's Man. going to be our money. Man. And there's no promise we're going to make money back. With BET, I, Voice of America, everybody lined up. coming. So had we canceled, it was going to be bad on us. Because remember, like, we're in Silver Spring. Right? right. So next thing you know, if I supposed to invite you to something, you'll be like, nah, I'm going to come. So everyone, we brought on board an investor. We spoke to an investor. 
uh, Lionel in Cameroon and said, this is, the, this is the deal. So at the time, the tickets from the artists were not paid yet. So they had their visas, <laughs> but they, are not, they didn't have their tickets. And I didn't Three have weeks hotels. to the event. Yeah. So this is two weeks. Two weeks to the event. One week, we're speaking to different people. So one week, two weeks to the event, we hit up and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to take the risk and I'm going to invest my time and my money and my connections to making this happen. But in return, I'm going to ask you to give me 100% everything on the Made in Cameroon for, we asked for five years. So that next year, if we have to do it again, we'll do it again. Um, we went, your business, we, we, <laughs> Five yeah, years. <laughs> because I didn't get, get my money right, back. Yeah, back yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went back and forth and back and forth. And then she, we then agreed to to a, to a term that made that was comfortable for her. We're like, all right, cool. Let's let's go ahead and do that. So at that point now, everything made in Cameroon was on on me, on I spaces to put together, and then we came on board. Then um, partners Frank Lionel, um, uh, Claude, and um, the other Lionel joint, and um, two weeks to the thing. We're like, all right, we are agreeing to do this thing. Now tell us everything that we need to do that has not been done. That we need to do two weeks of the event and so that's when we realized that we had just signed a death contract because we didn't exactly know how bad things were mm. and and i was like i said you know have you ever had a panic attack where you're like <laughs> like you start trembling because like it's different if you're doing something if you have to do a nice go and get me office space i get your office space but this is like an event and there was a buzz across the whole DC region because yeah. this is like Cameroon Central yeah so people were ready people traveled and I'm like we signed this contract and now we well during the due diligence that's when she she lets us know of all the things that have to be done and we put the map together and we're like just the first initial thing to do cost ten thousand dollars so to get tickets for all the artists to leave from Cameroon to the US that's you have to even before even knowing if you're gonna make money mm -hmm. at the time we are told 30 tickets Wait, hold a timeout. At that time, this three is two weeks to the, weeks event. To the weeks event. 30 tickets. Yeah. So when we started doing our marketing, we went up to maybe 100 tickets. So we doubled it in a week. So remember, this Quite event has been promoted for six months. So for six months, I sold 30 tickets. In one week, we sold another 30 tickets. But it was remaining two more weeks to the event. Then now we had to worry about selling tickets and then taking care of the artist and then taking care of the, 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 the opening acts. Because it looks like because people like me gotta eat too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> people like me got managers who's like, nah, you gotta get fed too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, two weeks of the event, we, we decided to come on board. We sent all the paperwork, and then like, speaking uh, of Mike, speaking of Mike, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm, <laughs> it's stressing me out. <laughs> Look, and so, and then I I tell. I tell um, we tell the investor Franklin you know and Lean tell the investor right, we need you to come on board and, and, and do this part and then they do it um, we got all the tickets for the artist um, and then we're like well, when the artists come on board when they reach here we're going to have an honest conversation with them and say hey whatever was promised to you we are not we're not able to deliver those things we can cancel right now or we can go ahead and promise you that we're going to do our best to do the best show and whatever comes from it We'll promise you guys to give you at least 25% of the whole revenue that we make from it. So it means it could be $5,000 or it could be $20,000. But that's kind of like the, the discussion yeah. we had internally. <clears throat> yeah. So with them, we spoke to them and said, all right, this is the thing. The challenge was whatever we were telling them, 
other parties were not telling them the same thing. So, so it, like a bang, I would tell them something else. And I, I don't know who was telling them what, but they didn't understand that we were not the sponsors of the show. We didn't put in money to no. We came in to serve a show so they could at least perform. Right. And they were hoping that we could make our money back. And then if there's some more money, we could give them, give them, yeah. give them back. Because it, it was not about making profit there. But they didn't understand that. And the reason we couldn't have a conversation with them was because it's a conversation that could make them say, you know what, fuck this, I'm going back to Cameroon. And we're like, all right, we're going to make sure that whatever you have, if you need guys in a good hotel, you need... We took care of them for the duration of seven days that they got here. Um, That's not easy. Psh. But the team, though. The team. The team was... Because it wasn't a one-person effort. We were like, probably like 20 of us. <clears throat> Like every day walking, working like meeting right, and stuff. Yeah. I never. You saw... grow a whole beard and hair that you've never had. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I never met with the artists. I met with them while they were here. I met with them twice. Once when there was an issue that something something happened, so I had to go there to the hotel and meet with them. And then twice was at the event. At the event, because I didn't want to be in that <clears throat> space. Because these guys, the, the, the energy around them is like, you know, like yeah, it's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And so within that space, you cannot think. So I had to stay at the office and I'm, I was constantly writing things down and making sure that, you know, we're ready for that. So we went from 20 tickets to about 800 tickets sold in the space of one week. Three weeks. One week. One week, yeah. One week. So one week is when we then agreed to mm-hmm. to, to do that. And so, yeah, we went about 800 tickets sold. And, um, and yeah, and that's... Man. Show day. <laughs> uh... I think it was a Saturday, I believe. Yes. And everything for my, I was I was involved in this, and I will go on the record and say I too was a part of your stress a lot because you know the, the the opening acts we had a shack, yeah. While the main event they had the penthouse and the mansion and stuff like that, so we were like nah, we ain't finna be crushed up in a you know nine by nine square foot you know space. Why? What's the name of them downstairs? You know, with the penny bottles and all that stuff, and enjoying. And Eddie B was like, "I'm going back to Dallas. I don't flew out here." I think a lot went wrong show day, and you know, you were doing a lot of back and forth. What the heck was happening? So, Eddie B was one of the artists that decided not to perform on that day because I think he didn't understand what was going on. He didn't understand how fucked up things were because Eddie B is one of the last people we had to. I didn't even know he was even on the list. Mm-hmm. Because the list they gave to me, ADB was not even on there. So it's like during the last days, I see somebody tag them. So they say, hey, are we performing at a meeting in Africa, meeting Cameroon? And I look and I'm like, you're not on the list. And I hit him and I'm like, hey. Because that part I was like on my A game. I was like, nothing's going to pass my eye. And you tag, I'm going to see who it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? Your brother hits me up and says, no, he's actually performing. So I get in touch with his manager, and his manager is like, yeah, she, he's scheduled to perform. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so who are you? What is happening? And so we get on the phone, we talk, and I'm like, all right, I didn't know this is happening, but just you, in, in case I'm the person to talk to. The day of the show, what we found out was the the Fillmore has a 45-person capacity backstage at all times. That means that um, the artist. Yeah, what, I just want to put some context to it because yeah. Eddie B saying I'm going back to Dallas and I'm performing cascaded into artists like me saying me too I'm not performing. Yes, and D said me too. I'm not. So it was just like a the whole, so, just, so so. We, I just want to put some context to it. So I get I get a message that the artists don't want to perform. Yeah, all <laughs> the openers don't want to perform, and um, 
one of the guys from the team was like, fuck it, let the number play for Because <laughs> we were not so much stressed. Because, okay, this is the thing, right? When when the opening acts were saying we're not performing, yeah. we got a message that the artists in the hotel said they were not performing. So I didn't hear that part. Yeah, that's that's internal. Yeah. And so, yeah, we got a message that they said we're not performing. And I'm like, what? why are they not performing? They said they want certain things have to be met. And I'm like, this is not Cameroon. Are you guys going to come and hold us last minute? Like, there are people in this hall. And we have to make this thing happen. Um, and so they, something along it was like somebody leaked that information. I don't know. Somebody, I don't know if somebody leaked that information to somebody and they were like, okay, this, because the main acts are not, are not coming. Mm-hmm. The main acts are not coming. Then we're also going to come. And in my mind, I'm like, any of you who doesn't perform, <clears throat> just know that I'm going to blacklist you. This is me saying to myself, man, <laughs> straight up. Yeah. If you're going to fuck up our careers, because it's not, it's not, this is not a game. Like, and then people don't realize it's like this is not mm-hmm. a game. It's 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 real business, right? People's careers are in play. People's money are in play, and people have come this far without refusing, accepting not to get it to to be um to get to be paid to do this opening act stuff. You ain't gonna come last minute and you be like, I'm not gonna pay for him because I've been disrespected. I'm like, I get what you're saying, but I'm I'm because I took Eddie B to the side mm-hmm. and I said I'm apologizing to you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that this happened, but. I need you to this the ego that you have right now in this moment i respect it but please take it put it to the side and in a few months this will be history mm-hmm. he took a decision a man's decision and he he decided he wanted to do what he wanted to do and i, I really hope it works out for him wow. <laughs> <laughs> he's like i hope it works out for him yeah i really hope yeah because he made a decision that you can't really blame him mm-hmm. i mean like it's a lot of things that happened prior to us mm-hmm. so it's it's something that unfortunately i couldn't i couldn't yeah i did our best so out of we had about what nine opening acts yeah plus four, four artists main mm-hmm. acts no six main acts um just one person desisted yeah. well two um him and naomi yeah yeah yeah, um, Naomi was like, "Am I? What? What the heck was up with that? Thank you for bringing that up." <laughs> again, she was, was supposed to be even one of the main acts, from my understanding. A lot of a lot of conversations were happening prior to where a lot of promises were made before we got on board. And so we came on board and realized like a lot of those promises were not. There was nothing tangible to it. Um, so yeah, that's one of those promises that we made before we came on board that weren't fulfilled. And she was like, yeah, "I'm out." It was like, yeah, wasn't fulfilled, and we were not. We really had enough stress that anyone that was like, "I'm out," or like, "All right, cool." Thank See you, you later. Less less stress to handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much money did you end up making? How much money did you work away with? How much money did Mbanga walk away with? And the aftermath after the show, what was the meeting like with uh, the original ideas people and the people that put money into it and all that? What was the aftermath, the falling out? Uh, let me say that everyone that put in money got paid. Every investor, sponsor, anyone. How? All of them. Cause from the from the ticket sales, so everyone. So we had investors. We had people that borrowed us money. My best friend, I was. I told my best friend, look, I need like. He was like, all right, go. Cool, I'm gonna send it to you. We got paid. People within our, the team put in money, hotels, because all those things had to come from our pocket. So we paid up all our immediate expenses. Everything on immediate expenses got paid. Um, what, from a sense, we broke even actually. Yeah, when I think about it, broke even. Now it's all the extra because originally the marketing was not paid. Mm-hmm. The the moment we got into production, marketing had to be paid. So that's the one part that we didn't we didn't necessarily get paid because I mean we was already assumed that it wasn't going to be paid for. 
um so every right. single every <clears throat> single um thing got paid if anything we reduced the cost of it because we said hey this is how much was made we can mm-hmm. only give you this amount um, and it's not in a way to cheat you or anything like that. this is really just what has been made um and yeah we did that i mean it's the people that we had direct contracts with of course people appeared out of the blue and said hey i had this and i'm like no, you didn't have it with me you had it with with this person you should go you should go speak to the person mm-hmm. um so yeah we we paid off all our immediate debts that is the the cool thing about thinking from a business mindset is like mm-hmm. i got into this it was an a plus b equation <clears throat> i want to do this for the show i could care less about i love magasco i love mings and i love stanley Eno, and i love mr leo and all those people but at that time the role for me was to make sure that they have a good show and, and the role for the investors was that they get their money back mm-hmm. as simple as that i got two more questions on this before i move to uh coming to america festival mm-hmm. <laughs> and some other things after this event i saw i think you posted on facebook and you said you vowed to never ever 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 work with cameroonians again yeah you I, still feel that way <laughs> i i vowed to never do the maiden at cameroon festival again oh just that yes and i never did which you would never this year no i'll never this year it failed terribly terribly i don't i don't know <laughs> it failed <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know what happened there but i i i vowed to not do that kind of mistake again um because it's different when like everyone that we worked with was peace everyone ended up being people we still work with today mm-hmm. the difference is when in the hopes when we get, get into a mode like that we're all crunching when the downfall comes and and I wouldn't say this publicly, but if my contract is to say we would make a hundred percent of everything X person does while they're in the States, my I don't wanna to have to run behind you to enforce that. If you decide to wanna be be smart and hide things behind you can do that. I'm not gonna run behind you. The thing about it is I look at it is like there's always more bread in this space. So that happened and I was like, okay. I think you've gotten what you want, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna let you in that space. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna progress. Um, I also didn't said I wasn't gonna work with Cameroonian artists again because after the stress they gave us. But I oh, also realized that yeah. the reason the stress was is like I'm identifying the final issue. The root issue was that things were not properly communicated. Because if we had communicated properly and if things were done the right way, we wouldn't have been where we were. Because we everyone was a professional. Right. And everyone did things they were not even supposed to do. Right. So, yeah. I, I love my Cameroonian people. I love my Cameroonian artists. <laughs> Just some, some some people that's like, nah, I ain't working with you no more. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I learned my lesson. Yeah. You, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, there's a documentary on Made in Camera Music Festival that you're working on, Ice Spaces, or you personally working on, that is in the works. Is that coming out? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the reason that documentary has to come out is for history purposes. You know, when we, I don't know if if I went, when I went to, when I was in Cameroon, I went to school in Secret. Shout out to all the Shessons. Um <laughs> There's a lot of things we watch on the TV that were that stuff done here. Like musicians that came to the states did something amazing and documented that story, and you watched it back home, and it gave you a sense of pride mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. to like this is my culture and knowing that my culture is respected in the states. It's very important that people back home see. Yeah. see how their artists were received in the US and not just received in, the, in like any kind of way. Like that is history that has to be documented mm-hmm. um, and stored in, in the next couple of years. That When is that coming out? 
we're still working on it. Okay. We're still working on it because it's one of those things where there's a lot of context that has to be like, we really want to be able to tell stories, real stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and just talk about how challenging it is to put together something. Yeah. And not for the, it's not really, it's not even a, uh, a story to bash anyone. It's just to say this happened, happened yeah. despite all of this. So, yeah, man, this, is this the first time you really like t- telling this story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stuck in your podcast exclusive. Yeah. Let's talk about something that outside looking in, mm-hmm. I was like, man, I want to be a part of that. That coming to American Music Festival, uh, that sort of likes of um, Davido, Vigit Dream, Naza, uh, what's Key Black here? Key Black, um, Vigit Dream, Vigid, yeah. I'm talking huge, huge names. Um, how different was that from? what we just talked on same thing same people <laughs> same thing same people we came to save we came in to save you know you know the you know the word captain save a hole <laughs> yeah that's what we end up we end up being that for a lot of people um the only difference is yeah same thing when i come to think about it same thing the difference is it's still the same the thing about it is like the artists still do what they have to do the person putting it together if they're not on the a game or they're not trying to do things the right way um they end up fucking up everyone, mm-hmm. including the artist, right? Um, I remember that there was a Davido nearly did not perform. Mm. It was one day to the event that he agreed to perform. Man. He we, he was flying. Time out! Time he was, out! Time out. <laughs> Davido refu- refused to perform one day to the event of um, coming to America Music Festival. Well, he he nearly did not. He was the one jumping the highest on stage. <laughs> yes. yes. Having the most fun. So, not that he, like, okay, let me, let me just go back a little bit. Um, the way it typically works in, in that in the industry is you um, you pay a certain amount, deposit, and the remaining is due before the person gets on stage. Mm. That's the, the industry standard. Um, I think a lot of times um, promoters are really juggling a lot of different expenses that you try to push it as much as you can so that they wait for them that money that comes in from the event to pay the to pay the artist and i think artists understand that artists understand that it's, it's a tough space so they're more willing to to do that um the only differences i think in that case was things were promised to to the video crew that were not accomplished um and so they were like okay because she haven't given us these things we would not you breach your contract pretty much because mm-hmm. they were in breach of contract. And so since we're in breach of contract, you know, we will not go ahead and do what we have to do. Um, and so, yeah, thanks to MC Chaz, um, because we both were, we're both producing the, the event. Um, he, he, we had to get all the managers from, uh, Davido crew. Um, uh, they came to our spaces we met and we spoke to them and said, Hey, you know, we, we get what you guys are saying and we really want to make it work. And we, we came to an agreement and the next day he showed up. How, how, what would you say was the most successful made in Cameroon or, made, or coming to American music? Both, both were successful. Both were history. I, I mean, okay. Think about in the DC region, the last time we saw that many artists on stage, just, just think about the last mm-hmm. Festival, it's it's never happened. It's never yeah. It's always one artist. Yeah, it's that you Bernard Boy or something. Like Boy. Yeah, it's we would never had four artists on stage, right? Mm-hmm. And so in the two times when the two biggest festivals have happened, we've been involved, and that went a long way to show that 
like we and after that i realized like i'm not going to do one person event like if it's not something 30,000 um, like four or five thousand going upwards i don't want to get involved because i that's a space that i think we're more comfortable in yeah yeah um so both were equally successful in their own right one was more centered to the cameroonian cameroonian uh, population and the other was more um centered to the to the french um french speaking mm -hmm. and 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 also afrobeat loving yeah man i feel like we're not doing you know say enough justice to you know the the amount of tea and work that <laughs> you you've been putting in out here bro like i'm saying we need to come down to your spaces right and set up cameras and talk about this in depth I, i'm down I, I think i think we deserve a, a part two to this because and, and the reason i think it's important to talk about this is a lot of times people don't understand the complexity behind yeah, yeah. a lot of things that happen they come they come for a good show and they leave and they're like oh this was dope but in reality a lot of things that happen yeah. that gives them a better understanding of the work that a lot of individuals in the dc region mm -hmm. put in and i get no they get nothing for it yeah right and it's not always financial i don't think it always has to be financial now i think it has to be financial in the past it was the 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 name and the street cred and i think now it's like you're putting in you put it in in terms of hours worked it's a lot of time you put in that you could be doing something else mm -hmm. right um the artists are getting paid the venues are getting paid the base are getting paid and i think it's it's it's, it's time that everyone regardless of their status and I, I, that's why i don't like the whole term opening act because it's it's like when is the last time in the african space an opening act blew up mm -hmm. never happened in american space it happens a lot a lot of this a lot of upcoming acts were, were open acts for like it's, it's a thing you open mm -hmm. act for you open act you open act for chris brown or for any of these guys, and next mm -hmm. thing you know, you become like you do. Yeah. You go on tour with them. They, but the African artists don't have the same mentality. It's like them, or your crew, mm -hmm. and so the opening acts come in as a waste, as a time filler, right? And the audience doesn't like that, and that's why we're like, you know what? We have to rethink that word, or we have to find a better way to just make sure when you're coming in, you understand that the opening acts are part of the show, um, and they should be respected in the same way as yours because. All these big artists were once smaller artists uh, one day, yeah. so I think it's up to like the organizers who put together these shows to, to um, to make it. And I think I have a few ways to go about doing that. And yeah, please, I, I wanna. I wanna yeah, just, man, just, listen, just I'm saying, two. I'm saying, we gotta come down. Okay. And you have a conversation with you in your space. Maybe yes. have a, even part three or in the part two. <laughs> have I don't know, and uh, Kimbo. And the DJs, let's, whoever. Let's, let's have. Every, I'm down to having a, a whole panel. panel yes. You got enough space, and you got yeah. enough bandwidth to, to <laughs> talk. Yeah. Well, yes. Let's talk. I've been thinking about this. A lot of them who are involved in main camera, also involved in, right. in, in coming to America, and let's also involved it. in a lot of different things. Yes, so. I'm saying let's do it, man. Okay. But okay, I, I know the hours, you know, burning, and we got we got to you know wrap this up. Sure. But um, what, what's the day in your life look like, Leslie? It depends how I'm feeling. In what way? Like this, I wake up and I, I don't want to wake up from bed. <laughs> yeah, real talk, because it's just like, it's a lot. Um, more recently now, because we're having so much happening mm -hmm. every weekend, I don't really get time to sleep and to, to take a break. So I, I, I find myself doing two mistakes, promising things that I'm going to do and I don't do them, or promising times and I don't respect them. Because in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to be there. 
the mascotes is like your line mm-hmm. like i have three things for you and then this last thing is going to take you a long much longer time than so my days are like typically meetings 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 events um administrative work and then you know meeting with cool people like yourself so mm. that's that's it monday through through saturday you say you went to boston college no no i mean uh university of ohio or something no i went to franklin university franklin university yes, you got Columbus. siblings no i don't what did, what did you move what did you move when you first came to this country uh oh, boston then ohio what's your favorite color blue is your dms open DMs in my yeah they open. Yeah, <laughs> you searching single and searching. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what what you mean by DMs. Uh, you single and searching. I'm not searching. <laughs> I'm, definitely, said, I'm definitely not searching. A successful entrepreneur like you not searching. I'm not searching. Ladies, I'm, the DMs just open. Though. Hit him up. Hit him <laughs> up. What's your favorite? I know you ask this. You ask people this question a lot. Yeah. Who has the best jollof out here? Cameroon. <laughs> Are you just saying that? Cameroon has the best jollof. The, the 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 beautiful the beautiful thing about Cameroonian food is the diversity in mm-hmm. food. Like you can eat jollof, ndole, koki, eru, um, uh, 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 kui. You can eat about a hundred, like ten meals from the same country that have nothing to do with rice. Mm-hmm. You can do the same thing with Nigeria or, 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 or <laughs> everything they do. They say rice something there. This and rice. This uh, no no no. You can eat something in Cameroonian food. It has nothing to do with fufu or rice plantains like it's it's so yeah Cameroonian jollof is but unfortunately we haven't had people who are who represent us well in this competition that we do so mm-hmm. i think there was some pacha in this last one you did it it was no i i was hoping that we we're gonna win this thing but then nigerian guy came with he had jollof with i like, think it was handed to the winner <laughs> no he had jollof with the with the with the lamb chops uh-huh. i've never seen jollof with lamb chops like the chops were <laughs> <laughs> The chops were eating. I saw the spin. I was like, all I saw was lamb chops. Yeah, yeah. He put it in. He braised. It was shining a little bit. You couldn't even care about the jollof. That's what made him win. <laughs> I was like, okay. Next thing we have to do, probably put like elephant ears. <laughs> <laughs> and that Cameroon jollof make us win. Yeah, yeah. What are you most curious about right now, Leslie? Um, reinventing myself. Constantly trying to figure out exactly what's next. In what way? Um, just making sure that I'm always thinking different mm-hmm. and looking out for those new ideas those new things that keep me on the edge what, me what, and my company what's your uh, advice for an entrepreneur right now somebody you know say just looking to start or um i don't know just you know stuck in life what's your advice for them it depends. Oh, in business you know in a place in business right now it's like dang i'm about to fail okay it depends on where they are financially or where they are mentally there's some entrepreneurs that haven't yet gone through the failure stage and those ones are very hard to like convince or talk to because they think they are they got everything um to entrepreneurs who haven't gone through that stage it's really important that they, they self start they go through the process of studying and failing all these hardships of entrepreneurship and then when they've gone through that um they're in a much better position to appreciate the fact that you want to focus on things like the money mm-hmm. initially focus on making revenue focus on recurring revenue annual revenue things that keep the business alive um press media all that good stuff interviews pitches sounds good in theory but you put so much work into them um that it might be a little difficult for you to, to win on that so if you want to focus on revenue want to focus on building a great team it might be a little challenging for a starter but getting a co-founder might be one and the last one i would say is join a community like iospaces where you meet other entrepreneurs like yourself that are getting started or who are 
a little bit along the line that could give you some some really good advice. What makes IO Spaces different from uh, every other co-working um, space out there, not just in the DMV, but you know nationwide? IO Spaces has the highest concentration of innovative Africans in the DC region period. Like we, when it comes to innovation and Africans, anything that has to do with that space, whether it be music, tech, food, most likely they have passed through IO Spaces or they have been there. So there's a high chance that by association, you might find somebody who is as dope as you, who is as dope as someone you want to be, and you have the ability to speak to them without having to book them, mm -hmm. pay them a fee to speak to them. Um, that's I think that's what makes the the power the power of the space. It's like the community of mm -hmm. people, um, and also our location. I think we the building which we are in right now um, really positions all us in a space where you can really it's accessible, metro accessible, bus accessible, Uber accessible. So. Yeah. yeah, I got three last questions for you. Sure. Um, you mentioned, you know, you're constantly trying to reinvent yourself. I, I need you to drop an exclusive right now. What's next for you in the pipeline? Like, what are you working on right now? Two, what am I working on right now? Um, three things. Tomorrow we have out there. Yeah, we didn't even a, touch on that, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's, yeah. it's so much. Yeah. We have out there tomorrow. It's an uh, African um, entrepreneurship diaspora summit. A lot of am amazing entrepreneurs in the re in the region from all across the board. Um, the keynote is by um, the AU ambassador to the US, um, Dr. Ricana. Um, next is we have um, a festival coming up called the Fast Fest, October 18th. Mm -hmm. um, it's a it's a all independent musicians uh, highlighting just independent uh, artists. Because um, I think that's my solution is to be able to highlight those artists and put them in a place where constantly you're hearing from them, you're seeing them perform live. And it's easier for them to build up a much bigger fan mm -hmm. base. And then lastly, we're planning a, a TEDx Silver Spring um, sometime in uh, winter, early early spring next year. Um, so yeah, those are the, the three things. We're Man, when, it, when this is all said and done, how does Leslie want to be remembered? Uh, that I created, or oh, not even that that people that came through the space were able to, in a way, change their their lives mm. in, in the bigger scope. Like, let it be through business, let it be through personal, let it be through entertainment. Uh, and then we made a mark in the US, like it's a name, it becomes a household name. Mm -hmm. Not me, my company. Um, I'm not huge on like putting my name out there. I like when the company is, because it, it's, the attention is not needed. Um, but that, at the end of the day, um, that Africans in the U.S. have equal opportunities like every other community. Because I think Asians, Asians, um, uh, Indians have access to so many things that Africans are still, we're getting there. Mm -hmm. And so I want to be part of people that contribute to that, to that part. Well. How can people reach you, man? I, I, I got tons of questions. Like, listen, you are so, you're like an onion. You're so many layers. I want to talk about collaborating. I want to talk about so many things. Um, made in African experience, made in Africa experience, I think. Yes. And you just had, it's so, just so many. But how can people reach you? Whether they need mentorship, whether they just need advice, whether they just want to learn about IO spaces, how can people get in contact with you? So, man? best way is, um, is, uh, IG. Um, um, I'm at Tita Leslie, uh, one word, um, Twitter, uh, Leslie Tita, and um, email Leslie at, at iuspaces.com. Those are the best ways to reach me. Um, in terms of mentorship and advice, I don't typically do that because the amount of time you need to do that. Um, however, we have programs that enable, because I'm 
like we're a team, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of ways that we can support you that doesn't require me to be there personally. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, even if I cannot be there to answer the questions that people want to ask, I, t- I definitely know a person that could definitely help with, with that with that solution Fair as well. So reach out, ask, and I could I could definitely get a person the right way. Iospaces.com is the name of the website. I had the privilege of speaking with Tita Leslie, the co-founder. This man is a, it's a, it's a, it's a legend out here. Like I said, part two of this coming through. Uh, yes. We're going to get some things. Yeah. Definitely appreciate you coming through, but I'm glad we had we made this happen. And, uh, yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, if you are watching this on YouTube and you enjoy what you've seen and heard, if you're listening to this on Spotify and Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe, do screenshots, send the links to your uh, social media uh, uh, networks, send it to your ex, send it to everybody and your mama and them. SITMPodcast.com is the name of the website. Read the blog, shop merch. Shout out to Perfect Office Solution for sponsoring this podcast. I'm Flex. Leslie in the building, mind the building. Shout out to AK and Alex. And we are out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Let us know what you think and tell other people about us on social media using the hashtag SITMPodcast. If you want to find out more about Stuck in the Middle, visit our website, sitmpodcast.com, to browse our blog section. To tell us your story, send us an email at sitmpodcast at gmail.com. Till next time, be safe.